Zansi's sporting milestones, moments, and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Uh, we're going to move right along now and continue our conversation from last week with Dr. Sam Ramsemi. We were talking about his journey, about uh, him being a sports activist and a number of things, even a deputy principal in England, by the way, and then uh, our couldn't do justice to his story so we've invited him again and he's been kind enough to take our call and just talk to us and complete this uh, amazing story so you can send us your voice notes for dr sam ramsemi to 061-4104-107 that's 061-4104-107 i know he doesn't like to be called doctor but i'm so used to calling him dr sam ramsemi so please bear with us dr sam ramsemi flashback fridays on safm and he's back on the line, Dr. Semram Semi. Thanks again, sir, for taking our call. We don't take it for granted, but we couldn't do justice to your story last week in just an hour. That's why we thought it's important we invite you back. And so many people still wanted to hear more from you. So we really appreciate yeah. the time that you're giving us. Good evening. Yeah, it's, it's always wonderful and an honor to speak to SASM. Thank you. The, 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 the one organization that came up a lot when we spoke last week about your days as a sports activist was Sunrock. You were telling us a lot about Sunrock. For those who were not around those days, what exactly was Sunrock and what was the aim of Sunrock? Yeah. Yeah, in fact, um, uh, during the 1940s, uh, an organization for, was formed in South Africa uh, seeking support for all. That means for all races, because... The, the, the major sports here in this country are all sport representative outside of the country at international level. Only whites could take part. So then the group which was formed, um, in, in fact, in Port Elizabeth, um, decided to call it non-racial. That, that is how the word Sandra came, South African Non-Racial Olympic Committee, because then I was still very young then, mm. uh, and uh, the idea was to... Uh, campaign for total integration of sport. Black and white sports organizations must participate and black and white athletes must participate. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, the persons involved in that to a large extent were from Port Elizabeth and the one who took up the schedule is Dennis Brutus. Unfortunately, he died now. Mm. Um, again, it was formed in uh, Port Elizabeth and he played a major role uh, in campaigning against apartheid sport. Of course, he was also a very well-renowned academic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a well-renowned poet. Um, but uh, his sports activities, again, are iconic, and uh, uh, they are represented widely all over the world. Another gentleman who was involved in them was a Logart, also from Port Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and another uh, gentleman called Rangasami. Uh, Rangasami was involved in the uh, weightlifting Federation. And this happened in about 1945-1946. And, and talking about Sunrock then, did you get support uh, from around the country and was Sunrock at the forefront then of, of fighting for equality, especially when it came to sport? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the organization was formed, yeah, again, I have to emphasize I was still very young. I was yeah. still a participant. I played fo- football, took part in swimming and athletics and other events. Um, uh, the campaign grew here, and uh, uh, the, uh, and Sandrock then appealed to the uh, IOC, that's the International Olympic Committee, to say, look, uh, there is discrimination in South African sport. Only white people are allowed to take part in international sport. And then, of course, the South African apartheid government, like everything they did, not only suppressed it, they, they harassed the uh, officials, 
and they had, some of them had to go dormant. And then Dennis Brutus, he tried to escape, and once he was shot, but then eventually he escaped. And then when he landed in London, he reformed the organization called Sandra. And there were a few people there. There was another gentleman called Chris de Broglie. Unfortunately, he's also passed away now. Uh, he was a white weightlifter in South Africa. And uh, there were few, several others. And then, of course, um, uh, I joined them uh, uh, when uh, in initially I joined them in 1966 when I went there. But I had to be very cautious simply because I had to return to South Africa. I was studying physical education and sports science uh, at uh, Carnegie College of Physical Education, which is part of Leeds University. And then um, I, I was doing work secretly. Then I returned uh, in 1969. But when I went back, in, uh, I had to go back, uh, as I explained the last time, uh, when I got um, uh, uh, nabbed by, or shall I say, nearly nabbed by the uh, uh, apartheid regime here uh, for uh, organizing boycotts for regarding the 1961 uh, Republic Day celebration, mm. I left, and then I joined Sandrock. Uh, I worked in Sandrock uh, on a voluntary basis. I was a school teacher and then became a principal, a deputy principal of the school in the east of London. And in 1976, uh, uh, mm. uh, uh, the Sandrock executive decided that they need a full-time official. And I said, you know, it, it, said, it means a cut in salary, but I took it simply because um, my, my wife, um, um, who was working at the German embassy, supplemented it, my, my salary. So it, it worked very well. Talking about 1976, Dr. Samram, it was a monumental year. We know about the uprisings here in South Africa. But let's talk about the 1976 Olympics in Montreal, where 28 African countries stood up in solidarity with South Africa. They did not want New Zealand to participate after they came here to play uh, rugby. Can you give us more context here? Yeah, well, uh, initially, uh, the, uh, in 1976, the... Uh, uh, there was a right-wing government in New Zealand and uh, uh, the African sports movement called the Supreme Council for Sport in Africa, uh, headed by a very, very dynamic Nigerian, unfortunately, most of these people are no more with us, called Abraham Odia. Uh, he made a campaign, a vigorous campaign, to say that, uh, look, uh, um, please do not go to South Africa. But nevertheless, the... Um, uh, a rugby team came to South Africa d- d- despite all the opposition from many, many countries, African countries. And then, of course, at the same time, um, uh, Ni- uh, Nigeria had its team, and many of the Africans had the teams at the Olympic Games uh, in Montreal, ready to participate. And then uh, Tanzania decided not to go. Then Jean-Claude Ganga, who was the secretary of the... Um, African Olympic Movement, the Supreme Council for Sport in Africa, together with me, we went and spoke with the president of the Olympic Committee of New Zealand. Because at the same time, not only were the protests in South Africa because of the um, uh, uprising by students Mm. here, protesting against uh, um, uh, uh, instituting Afrikaans as the major uh, uh, medium of study, there was this protest. And some of these New Zealand people got stuck uh, in this protest. The, football, the rugby players got stuck. And some of them were, uh, went somewhere and they were tear gassed. Then we told the gentleman, look, this is an ideal opportunity for you. Look, you know, there's a lot of protests. 
the Africans are protesting, there's going to be a boycott. Please, we appeal to you, please talk to uh, the New Zealand Rugby uh, Federation. This is an ideal time for you to withdraw because you got caught uh, with this uh, anti-apartheid protest in South Africa and anti-government protest in South Africa. Then, of course, uh, the president of the New Zealand uh, Olympic Committee said, okay, let me go and talk to the rugby people. Mm -hmm. And again, there was another wonderful gentleman called Lord Porritt. Lord Porritt, um, those people who've been watching uh, Chariots of Fire, uh, the 1924 epic, uh, uh, would uh, remember him. Um, he was one of the participants there. And also, uh, he was um, uh, Surgeon General for the, British, for the Royal Family. He said, this is a very good idea. Mm. And, and I asked Lord Porritt to go and you know, influence these people. But unfortunately, Lord Porritt said, look, the, the, everybody's adamant, the, the right-wing government of Premier Maldon refused. And then at the same time, the uh, um, Organization of African Unity, which is now the AU, was called the uh, OAU then, Organization for African Unity, had its meeting in Mauritius. And there, the government, all the governments that met there decided, all the African countries, because New Zealand has refused to um, uh, 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 withdraw its team, uh, all the African countries must withdraw from uh, Montreal. It was very sad because we had some top athletes there. We had John Akibua uh, from Uganda, who was the, the um, favorite to win uh, the 400 meters hurdle. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he wasn't able to participate. And Philbert Bahi, uh, who was the world record holder for the 1500 meters. Um, he, what I like of Philbert, he, you know, he came out openly and publicly said, look, I am protesting on behalf of my brothers and sisters in South Africa because of the apartheid regime, and I am sacrificing my gold medal, and I will not take part in the Olympic Games in uh, uh, Montreal. And, and most of the African countries, with the exception of two countries, Cote d'Ivoire and Senegal, remained. And then, of course, we realized then both these countries had a diplomatic link with South Africa. Uh -huh. And uh, that, of course, uh, uh, indicated a, a different type of scenario, a different type of narration. But what ha happened after that mm. was very, very interesting because um, during that particular period um, in uh, Olympic and International um, Federation history, most of the international sports federations used to have the quadrennial meetings in, uh, during the Olympic Games in the venue of the Olympic uh, City. Mm. Uh, and there, uh, the International um, Football Federation had its meeting, FIFA. Uh, the International Amateur Athletic Federation, of course, now called World Athletics, had its meeting. And um, uh, International Swimming Federation had its meeting. And despite all African countries withdrew, Many of the delegates remained at great sacrifice mm. because we urged them, look, we wanted you to stay here because we want South Africa to be expelled from these three major international sports. That's athletics, football, uh, and swimming. Mm. And we succeeded. And in football, it wasn't very easy because at that time, um, previous to that, there was a right-wing president, and then Mr. Havilland, who passed away, mm. uh, became the president in... Um, uh, 1974, and the deal with the Avalanche was that all the African countries would support uh, uh, Mr. Avalanche, and they wanted 
two assurances from Mr. Avalanche. One was to ensure South Africa was expelled from FIFA, and the other was at that time there was only one uh, uh, African football uh, country who was allowed to take part in the Olymp- into the World Cup. He says, if you extend that, we will give you our votes. And I'm happy to say uh, he kept to his promise. And of course, of course, we had uh, support from Asia and from um, uh, Nordic countries uh, and from the Caribbean countries. And uh, we expelled uh, South Africa from FIFA. And it was very difficult because we needed a 75% majority at that time to expel a country. South Africa was suspended. But we wanted to expel them, and we got the 75 countries. And, and I think there were only, I counted, there were only seven or nine countries that uh, uh, voted to keep South Africa in. Yeah. The very, very same thing happened in uh, athletics, and the very same thing happened uh, in uh, uh, swimming. So that was a major victory for us. Mm. And another issue which took place at that stage was very interesting. Um, uh, everybody knows about this, uh, the... Uh, uh, the the the, the Muldergate scandal, the the Rudy, the, shall, shall I say, the Rudy scandal. Ishal uh, Rudy uh, was using the Citizen newspaper uh, to portray a very excellent image, uh, a very respectable image for apartheid. Mm. And then he set up uh, um, um, uh, the person who went over there to set up a a, a South African booth. Uh, Louis Late, Louis Late yes. uh, uh, was uh, involved, mm. and uh, and then we protested, and the Canadian government uh, 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 took part uh, in helping us, and they closed the this, the South African Hospitality Centre and the hospitality uh, and the uh, information centre. Sure. But at the same time, something else happened, and that got also a bit complicated. Um, uh, the Canadian government did not want Taiwan to take part because they did not recognize Taiwan. Mm. But in the end, uh, you know, uh, 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 Taiwan had to withdraw. Okay, let me but just go to the lines quickly. We've got people holding for you. I didn't even realize. Apologies, Archie and Scully in Deben. Let's start with Archie in uh, Velcom. Member, good evening. Thanks for holding. Thank you for your patience. Member, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Dr. Ramsem is here. Dr. Sam. Hello, Archie. Archie Jonas from Velgom. Oh, okay, Jonas. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Boxing, Archie. Lovely, lovely Ma- hearing your voice. You no, are one of the campaigners here. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Doc. Thank you, Doc. Member, mm. if Dr. Sam, Ram, Dr. Sam Ramsani can say to you, please go and visit him for a lunch one day, either at work or at home. Mm. Don't accept that invitation. Why not? Uh, what he would do, he'll invite you to, I mean, uh, to his offices. And when you get to his offices, yes, he'll give you your 30 uh, minute seconds or yeah, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And remind, uh, remember that, by the way, the food in here, actually, you know, and then he'll snag the food. <laughs> Whilst you are concentrating on the food, he is working. He <laughs> is a work alcoholic. Mm. And you'll end up also taking a pen there, uh, taking a book there. Uh, remember, Dr. Ramsami, there's nothing he enjoys other than working. For example, 1995, we were crazy with the uh, World Cup. Mm, it was uh, Dr. Ramsami who was asking questions. 
And uh, even during the last day where, I mean, Louis uh, late wanted to request the National Sports Congress to, uh, that he be allowed to bring the World Cup here. Yeah. Dr. Ramsami didn't attend. And when you asked me, but you knew what I would say there. I didn't want to spoil, uh, I mean, your party, you guys. And lastly, when I was in boxing South Africa then, most people associate swimming with him only. Mm. But his I mean, boxing amateur is unbelievable. He would be saying to the amateur boxers, don't not be in a hurry to go professional. Mm. Go there when you are ready. Doc, I'm happy to hear your voice. Bye-bye. Nice hearing your voice, Jonas. Thanks. Thanks, Archie. Skalin Deben, good evening. Good evening to you, Tabiso. And I'm honored to tell Say Ramsami hello also. Welcome. And thank you, Tabiso, for, for bringing Say Ramsami. Uh, as you said, you know, I requested the man you're missing on the show, one of your shows, was Say Ramsami. Yes, yes, I remember okay, that very well. You sent us that uh, voice note and you said you must bring yeah. him on. And, 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 and just as, a, as a, your last caller, I'm I'm so honored, man. You know, hearing his voice uh, after so long, many years. I go back uh, the young aces days, you know, mm. when I think he. <laughs> I just curious to know if 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 Sam Sammy Sam Ramsamy trained young aces, and 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 what he thinks of the SASL days where there were Morocco Solos and uh, Orlando Pirates, Avalon Athletics, and Aces United, um, to name a few. And, 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 and the barracks days, the Depot Road School, and you know how it went. Just tell us some history. I am Pedro Daddy's friend. Okay, um, nice. Ah. Does it great, ring a bell great, now, great, Dr. Ramsami? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I, uh, I was deeply involved in the football. I, I took part in football and then coached football. Mm. And we had, of course, in those days, the South African Soccer League, SASL. And uh, we had, uh, of course, uh, 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 Morocco Solos and uh, 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 Morocco Solos and uh, 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 Pirates. Those were the two major teams from Johannesburg. And then we had Team Blackpool, uh, Blackpool, and we had Transvaal United, another Johannesburg team. Uh, uh, and then we had uh, teams from uh, um, uh, Durban. But what was wonderful then? It was totally non-racial. We had Africans, Indians, and coloreds all playing together. And, of course, we had one or two whites, and they were persecuted, but nevertheless, uh, they, they decided to, to join us. It, it was, there was a wonderful days uh, about non-racial football. They are the ones who set up everything for us. And uh, these are uh, memories um, uh, that helped us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Nelson Mandela uh, and... and uh, all the other comrades who, who helped set up uh, the liberation struggle. The, the sports people played a very important role simply because sport was used as a vehicle to fight the apartheid regime because, you know, they, had, they can be open. They could talk openly. Unlike politicians, they had to be careful because uh, they would have gone into what is called 90-day detentions and all that. So South, uh, sports people were very vocal, very vocal in their particular uh, 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 area to ensure that the apartheid regime is dismantled. And they played a very important role because, and I always emphasize this point, that sport internationally was, was used to highlight apartheid uh, because, um, and I mentioned this to, to, to most people, this is where 
uh, sport played a very important role um, because sport can't be done on a, a, a bilateral basis. For instance, South Africa used to have a trade link with America, with Britain, etc., one-on-one. But they can't have a sports link on one-on-one simply because it had to be on a, a, a multilateral um, a basis. Because it had to be on a multilateral basis, the Africans, who were very, very good at that stage and still are, they said, well, if South Africa participates, we're not participating. Mm-hmm. And as a result, South Africa uh, was forced to withdraw from very many of the international companies. We were open. We, we were very open in what we were doing. And, so, and, and we always say sport played a very important role in conscientizing uh, even the apartheid regime. For instance, um, and this is where, uh, during that particular uh, latter period of apartheid, uh, the white people, again, were very upset with the government simply because they were not able to participate internationally. Pressure was put onto the government. So what the government did, tried to adjust some of the apartheid laws. For instance, they, they adjusted the liquor laws to say uh, uh, blacks and whites can go to a hotel during a sports event and, and, and mix, mix. And of course, you know, Africans were not allowed to go into Indian and colored areas. But they said during the sports event, Africans can go into colored and Indian areas and Indian and Africans can go into uh, the location. Yeah. They, may, they tried to make these, these uh, um, adjustments. And this is where Hassan Hawa was very, very good. I was still in England, and there was a sports minister in South Africa called Kurnov. Mm-hmm. And he said, we are normalizing sport in South Africa. And Asan Hawa, unfortunately, you know, we, uh, we know that he's, he's resting uh, very peaceful in his grave now. And he said, you can't have normal sport in an abnormal society. And that was the maxim for non-racial sport in this country. I remember that. You can't have normal yes. sport yeah, in an yes. abnormal society. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got another. We don't want. We've got another person on the line here, and we don't want to keep him holding for long. Advocate Norman Arense joins us on the line. Good evening, uh, Mr. Ah. Arense. Good evening, and thanks for taking our call here on SAFM. Hello, to be so. Uh, good evening, and uh, thanks for having me. Good evening, Sam. I I can't call you advocate. I have to call you my brother. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, uh, it's going to cost you too much to call me advocate. <laughs> advocate, we invited you because we've been honouring Dr. Sam Ramsey and just celebrating what he has done, his contribution to South Africa and South African sport over the past two Fridays. And we just wanted to bring you on just maybe to share a few words about Dr. Sam Ramsey. Well, it, it's an absolute honor and privilege uh, to be to be called. I was pleasantly surprised early on uh, when, when I got a phone call from your producer to make a contribution um, um, on the show uh, with, with Sam. Um, he is probably the smallest guy there in the studio. Maybe even in the old bu- maybe even the old building. But um, <laughs> he's got the biggest stature in our sport. Um, Sam has been, um, you know, he's been the go-to person in our sport since I can remember. I, I, I've become actively involved in, in non-racial um, sport um, as an activist. Since uh, the 1970s, I, I went to university in 1976 um, when I was still playing good cricket and football. Mm. And um, 
the first person uh, whose name that came to mind was Sam Ramsamy. Um, Sam was obviously in exile with Sandrock, uh, the South African non-racial Olympic Committee, based in London, uh, keeping the flag flying. Um, we were involved in, 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 in SACOS, South African Council of Sport, and I just heard uh, Sam mentioning Hassanawa's name. Um, uh, these were all iconic figures, and uh, as Sam rightly said, um, sport made a huge contribution towards um, uh, 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 the democracy of this country. Uh, in fact, we know sport was so important, and um, Sam may have spoken about it already. So sport was so important mm. that that a number of our luminaries um, at the time, um, I remember Percy Son, uh, Andre Odendal, uh, 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 the late uh, Chris McAdish, they were all summoned to Lusaka, um, you know, by the, the ANC in exile. Mm. Um, to discuss the the sports situation because, you know, sport in any society um, in East Germany, in Russia, in all those authoritarian societies, sport was always important. Why? Because it demonstrated the superiority of your race. Mm. And and in this country, it was no different. Uh, That is why even today, cricket and rugby especially are so contested because it played such an important role in supporting apartheid. So when when we talk about the dismantling of apartheid, the move towards a non-racial society, the one name that stands out is Sam Ramsamy. Yeah. Um, and, and that is why he, he deserves all the plaudits, all the celebrations, um, you know, that, 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 that we do... Um, and um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to 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 be on first name terms with him, uh, to have met him on several occasions, and of course, we know that he continues to play an important role in our sport. He sits on the IOC. That's a very, very important committee. It took uh, quite a bit of time before Sam got onto the uh, the Olympic uh, committee, mm-hmm. but he's there and obviously flying the flag not only for South Africa, but for the whole of Africa. Yes. Um, and um, he's an important man uh, that, that, that deserves uh, every, every credit. Great words, great words. Thank you for that. Thank you, uh, Thank you Norman. But you also play, you're still playing a very important role. Of course, you, you, know, you uh, started the uh, transformation in cricket, uh, and unfortunately uh, it still needs a, a, a lot of yes. attention. And um, we, we uh, I hope uh, Norman can get back into cricket and uh, and and reactivate transformation there, Norman. Especially with everything that's going on right now, and I think he also deserves right, yes, on-show yes, advocate yes. Norman Arense. We'll definitely bring him back on the show. But thank you, advocate Norman Arense. Thank you for joining us and for adding those words, Doctor Ramsemi. Just to fast forward now, um, how was the moment when, after everything that had happened during the apartheid days, and South Africa was readmitted to international sport for you? How was the moment when you led the South African Olympic team to Barcelona in 1992? It was it was tumultuous, you know. Uh, it's extraordinary the the, the emotive feeling. Uh, you know, I couldn't express it, uh, and I remember uh, we had to take this decision because the uh, democratic election hadn't taken place. Uh, 
and uh, you know we spoke with um, uh, uh, all the political parties here, uh, and they've all agreed that you know let us show unity, let us show uh, 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 the world, let us show everybody that uh, you know we're going in with the united approach, and we wanted the blacks and the whites to join us. You know, not everybody was happy. Uh, but in the end, we re- went to uh, uh, Barcelona, and of course, I had the honor of uh, 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 leading the team. Uh, and then, of course, my other colleagues had said, you have to march in front, simply because, you know, you, you fought so much against apartheid, and now this is your, uh, 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 your, your, your particular uh, reward. And then, of course, I remember Nelson Mandela was uh, in the stadium uh, also, and the, the wonder of Nelson Mandela was he didn't become he hadn't become, become the state president yet. This was in 1992, and he but nevertheless he was honoured to sit among the state presidents that were there at the opening ceremony uh, in Barcelona at the uh, at the state presidential uh, box of the, the King of Spain. Yeah. And then afterwards, of course, when uh, a few few weeks afterwards, when we returned to South Africa, and of course Nelson Mandela always said, "Sam, you are like my son." And then he mentioned to everybody else there, he said when Sam walked into the stadium with the South African team, you know, he, he felt like as if he had owned the stadium. <laughs> and uh, and uh, of course, you know, as you know, unfortunately, you know, we always call Nelson Mandela Dada. Mm. Uh, I had a wonderful relationship, a very intimate relationship. That's what I wanted to ask last Friday, because he, 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 he used to describe you, you as his son. I mean, how do you describe your relationship with Madiba? We, we, you know, we, we are, unfortunately, this is a radio show. should show some of the pictures that we take. You know, whenever I'm with him and there's a picture, he said, because uh, Norman said I'm not very big yes. uh, compared to Nelson Mandela. And Sam, uh, Nelson Mandela all can come and stand in front of me whenever there's a picture. <laughs> I've got <laughs> one where how, you uh, are wearing I, a maroon tracksuit and he's wearing the South African Olympic tracksuit. <laughs> and you're looking up at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, and uh, yeah, yeah, we and he was always very proud to be uh, uh, involved with the Olympic Games, and he insisted that we have to give him a a, a tracksuit, and we made sure that he got his size, the, the size of the tracksuit, and also um, uh, in um, uh, leading up to the 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 uh, uh, Olympic Games uh, in 2004, the torch came to um, uh, South Africa. And, uh, uh, and he proposed the torch must come to Robin Island and he's going to be in Robin Island to receive the torch. Yes, I and uh, he, he was, of course, staying uh, in uh, uh, Johannesburg at that stage. And uh, he said, look, I'm coming, Sam. And then, of course, he came with a helicopter. Uh, 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 I think he, I can't remember exactly somewhere. Uh, I think, you know, he, he came by his own uh, plane to Cape Town. And from, from Cape Town, uh, he took a helicopter uh, and uh, he said, I am going to hold the torch. And he held the torch. And uh, of course, and he insisted, I'm going to put on the South African Olympic uh, mm. tracksuit. And, um, and that particular picture went worldwide. And it is still, 
in the Olympic Museum in Lausanne, in Switzerland. Beautiful. On that note, Dr. Ramsemi, Africa has not hosted the Olympic Games. Is that a disappointed for you, a disappointment for you, especially after we didn't really bid for 2020? Or, and how does the IOC feel about bringing the Olympic Games to South Africa? Is yes, that willingness? Yes, it is a pity. It is a pity. Uh, in, in fact, uh, uh, we wanted to bid for uh, uh, 2024, and in fact, Thomas Bach, the president of the IOC, uh, he's very much uh, African. He, he loves South Africa especially. And he's met Nelson Mandela many times. Uh, he's met um, uh, our present president uh, many times. And he says he wanted to bring it to Africa. And, and of course, we said, let's try South Africa. But we tried uh, to bring it for the Olympic Games of 2004. We, we failed. Uh, we had uh, Cape Town as uh, our host city then. But then he said, try for 2024. Unfortunately, uh, the circumstances here, the economic circumstances, uh, uh, were, uh, uh, were not right uh, at that particular time. And, and uh, uh, President Thomas Buck understood it. And then also, of course, I, I discussed the matter with them at, um at our present president, um, who was then the vice president. You know, he says, Sam, look, the economic uh, situation, we, we need to look at the priorities here, mm. and let's go for 2032, uh, because 2028 has gone close. 2024 is going to be in Paris. Mm. 2028 is going to be in Los Angeles. Let's go for 2032. But that should still be a target, and I believe we can get it here. There are other c- countries which are also keen, Nigeria is keen, Egypt is keen, uh, Tunisia is keen, uh, but um, we, we can all try, uh, but it must come to Africa sooner than later. And I'm hoping it's going to be in 2032. And what would the Olympic Games bring to Africa, Dr. Ramsemi? Yeah, like, like exactly what, um, you know, my view is that I think, uh, you know, Danny Jordan knows more about this when he brought... Um, uh, at the 2010 World Cup here, the respectability that uh, it gave South Africa and it gave Africa. In the Olympic Games, is going to be very much more because it's not a single sport. In football, in 2010, it was a single sport. But this is going to be a sport with... Uh, 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 at the moment, uh, we have 33 sports. It might be a 28 sport, uh, but it can be held in many parts of the country. We can have for instance, football in many parts of the country. If, for instance, uh, the uh, uh, Olympic Games takes place in Johannesburg, uh, we can have uh, the sailing events uh, in Cape Town or in Durban. And, of course, football can be played in very many other parts. We can take rowing to a, a, a venue, for instance. We can take it into uh, uh, the Val Dam, for instance, mm. in Johannesburg, or we can take it to Inanda Dam uh, in uh, KZN. Uh, so that is the wonder of the Olympic Games. And of course, um, and also the, the wonder of the Olympic Games is that because we're going to participate in many sports, very many people are going to get involved. Swimmers will get involved. Footballers will get involved. Rowers will get involved. Cyclists will get involved. Volleyball players will get involved. Unlike uh, 2010, it was, although all, all of South Africa got involved, um, but it concentrated on one sport. Here it will concentrate on so many other sports and it will bring not only economic benefits, and that's very important, although one has to spend a lot of money in the beginning, but of course the outlay is going to be worth it in the end, but it's going to bring 
a, a, a type of attack of respectability to say, you know, look, Africa can do it, South Africa can do it. Mm. And also it's a, a great tourism booster. Uh, for instance, I remember after 1992, not very many people wanted to go to Barcelona. And Barcelona now is a, a, a tourist juncture for um, uh, very many um, uh, tourist elements, uh, uh, like, for instance, cruise liners. Cruise liners are going there regularly. Uh, and also it has helped Spain. For instance, Spain did not have what is called uh, a, a national electricity grid. As a result of the Olympic Games, now every part of Spain uh, has an electricity grid. We can do that. Maybe, of course, it might also help our ailing ESCOM here how to do it. <laughs> Fine, finally, as we wrap up, we've got two minutes left. Time flies. You have been awarded the Order of Ikamanga, and I know people never get the flowers while they can still smell them. For you, I mean, how special was it to get the Order of Ikamanga, which is granted by the President of the Republic? Yeah, it, uh, you know, I felt elated, but, you know, again, uh, you know, I've done quite a lot of sport, but then uh, uh, it was President Thabo Mbeki who conferred that uh, uh, order onto me, and I, uh, I told President Mbeki, I said, look, you know, fair enough, I, I've been highlighted, mm. but many people helped in this particular struggle. Many people helped in this particular notion where we are today. And this is not only an honor for me, it is an honor for all South African sports people. And I, I told President, uh, I mentioned that to uh, 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 President uh, Mbeki. And, and obviously, uh, he, was, he was very elated uh, when I mentioned that. And that is it. You know, we, you know, no one wins on their own. It's, not a, it's never a, a, a single person. And even Nelson Mandela knows that. If he didn't have the support of so many people, he wouldn't have had that iconic stature that he has now. And many people have helped. And in South Africa, in those days, we used to call, you know, people who couldn't uh, take part, but they, they played a very major role. We used to call them backroom boys. <laughs> and there are many backroom boys and backroom girls in South Africa at the moment. Yes, and well, I kind of expected that answer from you, Dr. Ramsey. I know you don't like to take the plaudits. You just want to do your work and you want to just be remembered for your work. But thank you very much for giving us some of your time on a Friday night for the past two Fridays. We really have been honored to speak to you. We've learned so much from our conversations with you. And that's why we wanted to bring you on to highlight what you've done. And most importantly, like we said last week, to give you the respect that you deserve, Dr. Ramsey. Thank you, sir. Thank you very, very much. I, I'm greatly honored and greatly privileged. Thank you. It is really our honor to speak to you. We're going to have to leave it there just because of time. Otherwise, we could go on and on and on and on. And if we couldn't get to some of your voice notes, we do apologize for that. We can never finish Dr. Sam Ramsam's story, I guess, even in two hours, because the man has done so much and is still going strong at the age of 82. He's been asked, tasked by the IOC to oversee what's happening at Saskok, and it looks like he's getting things in order there, and there will be an election next month, as he told us last week. It is 7 o'clock. It is, we are definitely out of time so we have to go to news.